Hi everyone, and welcome to The Seed Podcast, part of our teaching ministry here at the Central Church in Fayette, Alabama. The Seed exists for one reason only, and that is to lift up the Word of God in order that Jesus Christ might be known and worshipped as King. We invite you to join us now as we dive in to today's message. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who He's so good. It's not just that He gives you His peace and then you say, I don't want that. And He says, okay, never mind then. Like He shows up the next day, my peace. His mercies are new every morning. You say, I don't want that. He shows up the next day. I mean, what a good God. He's, he's just this loving Father who refuses to take away the offer of His grace and His peace. He wants you to have it. And so grace and peace from that kind of God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. We're picking up this morning and, and going forward with our series on the parables of the kingdom. This is the way that Jesus taught day in and day out. If you listened, if you said, I'm going to go listen and just check out this preacher. I've heard about him. He's been preaching a couple of months now in this region. I'm going to check him out. You would show up and he'd be talking about the kingdom. That's what Matthew said. The kingdom of God, it's here. That's what he was saying. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. Like, like right now, the kingdom of God, it's growing in the world. In 2023, the kingdom of God is here. And is, it is growing in this world right now. Like don't, it's not something, don't wait on it. Don't wait. And okay, One day the kingdom is going to be here. No, the kingdom is here right now. Don't miss out on it. That's what Jesus said. The good news is that the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he said everywhere he went. That was the teaching of Jesus. And that, that is good news. Amen? Amen. Jesus is reigning as Messiah. He is the king, the sovereign, and every knee will bow. It's great news. The tension that you may think about, even as I'm saying these words, is that you look around in the world around you today, and every knee is not bowing. You look around and you see violence, you see pride, you see racism, you see gender ideology that's just confusing our, our children. You see all kinds of things that I tell you the kingdom of God is here, that the king is reigning, Messiah has come, and he's doing the work of the Messiah right now. You don't have to wait on it. He's here. I tell you that. But then you say, well, this other stuff, how is all this going on if Jesus is reigning as king? And so he told them a parable. Matthew 13, if you want to turn with me, we're going to read this parable, Matthew 13, 24 through 30. He put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of God may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, no. Lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. 
And at the harvest time, I'll tell my reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, Jesus goes on a couple of verses later. We'll see this, verse 36, to give an explanation. We'll get to that in just a minute. But for the moment, I just want you to notice that Jesus deals with our tension about the kingdom way before we even know to ask the question. Well, the kingdom of God is here, the all-powerful master, all master is ruling over creation. Well, then how then do we have all this brokenness? Jesus sees that tension, that question coming. And so here, you see, he's dealing with that question. If Jesus, all-powerful God, how sin? How do I look around and, and see all this mess that I see? That's this question. So, so let's take a look here. What's he trying to tell us here? Verse 24 again, he said, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Now, first thing, I don't want you to think here that Jesus is trying to say, well, if my men hadn't have been sleeping, this wouldn't have happened. As though it's somehow the fault of the people who slept. Nowhere in this parable does Jesus ever criticize sleeping. As a matter of fact, he tells another parable, Mark 4. He said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. Well, what more is the farmer supposed to do? I mean, night and day, sleep and work. It's, it's nature. It's natural. I mean, you, you can't watch everything all the time. You can't control everything. You got to sleep sometime. And Jesus never faults his servants for sleeping here. The, the point is... Satan is going to make trouble in your life no matter what you do. You can't keep it from happening. It's going to get planted in there. You're going to have to deal with the weeds. The, the point of this parable is not, oh, we've got to watch things better so that we, we make sure no bad things ever crop up in my life. No, that, that's insanity. The point is you can sleep and sleep well because the master has a plan. He's going to settle it. He already has seen this, and it's okay. So... So, so he's got a plan for it. But of course that doesn't make it any easier on us. It's, it's not like, okay, well he's going to deal with the weeds then. So it's, it's not a big deal. Weeds, just, just, just deal with it. Just overlook it. Weeds are not a big deal. No, no, it, it is a big deal. Don't, don't mistake that. I mean, think about what we deal with in our lives from day to day. Marriages fall apart. Families get ripped apart at the seams. And it's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal. It's, it's not a small thing. This, this stuff that our, our children are having to deal with these days where, you know, a boy can be a girl, a girl can be, it doesn't matter. It's a big deal. It's, these things are big deals. And the master is saying, I'm going to deal with these things. Okay, now don't worry about it. I know the Satan, he, the enemy, he, he sows these things. It's a big deal, but, but I've got it. It's, it's absolutely fair, though, for the servants to come to him and say, but how? Like, like if you're good and, and this whole world, it came from you and, and you put all of your goodness into this world, how do we even have this stuff to begin with? How do I look around and see violence and racism and pride and all that? And your world, this is your world. How? It's a fair question. 
If God is good, and, and there's many today, you'll hear atheists stand up and say, I can't believe in a God because if He really is all powerful and He really is all good, then how do you have evil in His world? And there's many people that don't believe in God because of this reason right here. Jesus is saying, okay, I've got an answer for that. I need you to remember that there is also an enemy at work in this world. It's, it's not just me. There is an enemy at work, and an enemy does these things that you see. And this, this is a whole lesson just by itself. Many cups of coffee, much study. How, how does that exactly work? That an enemy makes bad things in God's good world. Um, it's not like he's saying the enemy forces people to do evil. Well, like, like if I do evil, it's, it's me, right? I'm making that choice. But he's also saying, you know, if you come to Jesus and say, why is there evil in the world? His answer is, this is the work of an enemy. An enemy is doing these things. You can probably think back. You don't have to raise your hand. But you can probably think back to the last time you gave in to temptation. The last time that you markedly can remember, I sinned. I, I was trying to do right. But you know what? I sinned. I gave in to temptation. How did that work? I mean, if you, if you can go back and, and think through the way that that worked, you didn't want to do bad. You're a good person. You're, you're a Jesus person. You're a Christian. You're a disciple. You don't set out in the morning to go do something wicked. But you're going along your business and you're doing good. And then all of a sudden this persuasion to do something evil comes up against you. And I don't know what that is for you. Lust, anger, racism, pride, gossip. It, it takes so many different forms. But, but whatever Satan has come to find, oh, this is the one that, that gets you more than often than not. Okay, he sent that persuasion to do evil against you. And how would you feel about that? No, I shouldn't do that. I'm a Jesus person. Jesus people don't do that thing. I, I don't want to. You didn't want to. You didn't want to do the thing. And maybe you resisted for a time and you did good. But then he came back again, and then he came back again, and finally, you did the thing. And then you regretted doing the thing, because you're a good person, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. Well, at the end of the day, did you choose to do evil, or did some dark force persuade and push you to do evil? And the answer is yes. Yes. It's your choice. You do evil, but... When you ask, why is there evil in the world? Jesus says there's an enemy at work that you need to know. It's both and. The, the, the enemy is at work causing evil. But you know, we also kind of sign up for it and we choose evil as well. So again, that's, that's a lot to work through. We could talk all day about that. But the point is, Jesus sees Satan at work in this world. But he's not discounting our responsibility. At the end of the day, we either choose to go along with him or we don't. He takes that very seriously. He came to destroy the work of Satan. He takes it very seriously. And so this, this parable is all about that, that, that Satan is out there, he's planning evil, and, and the master, it is his goal to destroy evil and get evil back out of his good world. And when you bring that up, now, now we get excited about that part, destroying evil. Destroying evil is, is exciting. I don't know how many of you have seen 
the movie version of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I mentioned it about a week ago. There's this great scene, you know, you got the lion, and the lion is Jesus, and you got the white witch, and the white witch is is, is Satan, and and all throughout the movie, she's just taking servants of the king and and turning them to stone, and and finally at the end, there's this great battle, and it just mm, gives me chills. It just, your heart gets pumping when that scene, when the the lion finally just comes with this great roar and just ah, tears the witch to shreds, and you're just like, yes, you jump out of your seat, yes. Destroying evil gets us going, gets our heart pumping. That's, we like that part about God. And God's servants say, do you want us to go destroy the work of the enemy? And God says, no, no, I really, I don't. What do you, what do you mean, Jesus? Do you want us to just let the evil, go? you're just going to let evil hang out and you're good? No, I'm going to take care of it. I've got a plan for it. I just don't want you to mess with it. The fact is, I don't want you to touch it because I'm really, I don't trust you with that job. I'm afraid that if you go ripping up the evil in my kingdom, you're going to tear up some of the good too. You're going to tear up some of the wheat along with the weeds. Now, you can take this one of two ways. You can take this one of two ways, and and the text doesn't really make it clear. Jesus could be saying, you know, I love you, but I just don't trust your ability to tell the difference between a wheat and a weed. You might be out there and pull up a, what you think is a weed, and it turns out that you just pulled up a wheat instead. And, And to make this even more interesting, Jesus is using a particular Greek word for weed right now. It's not just some common generic weed. It's a specific weed known as darnel. Zizanion is the, the Greek, but it's, it's darnel, tears. Th- this is what darnel looks like. Now, some of you might be agriculturally minded, and you might immediately look at that picture and say, oh, I know exactly which one is wheat. I don't. I don't. And if you're out there in the, the field and, you know, you're tired and your back is aching, you've been, it's, a, it's a whole day's worth of work just to pull up the weeds and the sun is beating down on you. Your propensity to make a mistake and pull up a wheat thinking it was a weed, it's pretty great when this is the difference right here. It's the one on the right is the darnel. The one on the left is the wheat. So you see what Jesus is getting at here. You know, I don't really, I love you, you're great, but I just don't trust your ability to tell the difference all the time. These things come in many shapes and sizes. I'm sure there's some darnel that look really close to wheat. And, you know, I don't think I have to tell you that throughout our history, there's many times the church has just gotten it wrong. Just gotten it wrong where we took a son or a daughter of the king and we put them out because we said that's a weed for sure. And you know what? We were wrong. Jesus says this is, this is not for you. This is not your job. I do, I, I brought it up before, I, I do, I've been thinking a lot about this gender ideology these days where you've got godless people in our society that are teaching our boys you can be a girl. That's what you feel like. Sure, be a girl. Teaching our girls. You can be a boy. Worse yet, you don't even have to be a boy or a girl. Come up with another 
one that you just want to imagine, and you can be that. I don't know if you've seen, there's some that say, I'm a cat, and they dress like a cat. It's, it's absolutely insanity. This is in direct opposition to the identity of God. God in His, his sovereignty and in all of His beauty of who He is said, I'm making my image on you, male and female. This is not fabricated identity. This is God's identity we're talking about. And to oppose it is evil. At the same time, at the same time, you've got one over here who hates God and opposes the work of God. And you've got another one over here that loves God but is struggling with confusion, genuine confusion. And I tell you what you're going to do. If, if we get in the business of pulling up the weeds and saying this one is in and this one is out, what we're going to do is we're going to destroy someone who loves God with all their heart just because they're struggling with the sin that looks a little weedy to me. Jesus says, no, no, I don't want you to, to pull them up. You don't see hearts like I do. You better leave this job to me. That's one way of taking it. The other way that you could take this is Jesus could be concerned that you'll rip up weeds that are indeed weeds. You'll get it right. But what you don't see is that the roots, the root system of the weeds and the wheat are intertwined. And as you rip up a weed, inadvertently, wheat is going to come with it. You're actually going to get it right, but you're going to get it wrong. So, so staying on topic, let's, let's say I use this platform right here. And this is a powerful platform. You see them all across our county and our state. People use them rightly and people use them wrongly. Let's say I use this platform right here to really just go after some transgender person that you see on, on TV. And, and I go after that person. And, and, and I just, they're hellbound. They're an enemy of God. And, and I preach it and I preach it. And let's say, let's say I do get it right. Let's say, in other words, I identify a weed and they turn out to be a weed. But what happens when we've got a young person sitting here in this room genuinely struggling with confusion over this issue? And they might have some kind of momentary attachment to this person that I'm beating down on. And when I say this person is going to hell, you know what they're hearing? I am too. You're preaching them into hell, you're also preaching me into hell. Jesus says, you don't know the damage you're doing, even if you get it right. Even if you say this person's going to end up in hell, and you know what, ultimately some people are going to end up in hell. Sometimes you get it right, you're still going to get it wrong because the damage you're doing in the meantime. James says this. He says, there's only one lawgiver and judge. Who are you? Who are you? You're not fit for this job. No, I don't want you to go and gather them. He says, don't play with this stuff. So, so what does Jesus say we ought to do? Okay, I don't want you to go rip up the weeds right now. What do I want you to do? He says, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Let both grow together. That's what I want you to do. Let me handle the harvest. I want you to let them grow together. And he will handle it. We don't have to worry about that. It's a big deal, and he will handle it. He's got judgment. He's got harvest on lock. We don't have to worry 
about whether or not the God of the universe will do right. He will do right. But for now, he says, let them grow together. Now, very interesting here, that word let that I have underlined there. Um, the word let there in the Greek language is the word aphiomi, aphiomi. I tell you that because most times in the translation it doesn't come across as the word let. The most common way of translating aphiomi in the New Testament is forgive. Forgive. Most often not when they use this word it's translated forgive. I don't want you to rip them up. I want you to forgive them to both grow together. I want you to forgive it, to permit it. I want you to forgive them because they may actually be wheat and you just don't see that. You've gotten the identification wrong. I want you to forgive them because you're going to hurt somebody else when you go to war with them. I want you to forgive them because you kind of are them. There's nobody in this entire room, in this entire world that is 100% wheat. We've all got some weeds going on in here. And when you start going to war with the weeds, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to either hurt yourself because you're going to war with yourself, or worse yet, you're going to come out a hypocrite saying, I ain't got any weeds. Yeah, yeah, you do. I, don't, I want you to let them. I want you to forgive it for the time. I want you to forgive them to grow together because you are them. And praise God. Messiah is coming again, and He is going to burn out every bit of evil in this good world. Every bit of evil in you. He's going to take care of it. He's got a plan for it. But, but no, not now. It's not your job. So that's the parable. That's the parable as Jesus tells it. Now, we got five minutes to look at this explanation. But it really is worth looking at because it's very curious, this explanation that He gives. I could be wrong on this. This is going out just a little bit. I've got a theory about this, though. Or rather, I read a theory and I said, hmm, I kind of agree with that theory. As you re I'm going to read through this, and then we'll talk about some of the strange things about it on the back end. One of the things I want you to kind of look for, though, as I read this, this is kind of flat for Jesus. I mean, if you've read Jesus' teachings before, Jesus, he's, he's wonderful. He's, he's poetic and he's got mystery. He's got shape and character to his stories. This one is just flat and wooden. This is this, this is this, this is this, this is this. It's a little uncharacteristic. Could be wrong about that, but uh, read with me and, and you make the decision yourself. He left the crowds and went back into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the son of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, it sounds a little wooden for Jesus, but that's, you know, okay. That's not for me to judge. But there's a couple other things I just want to point out to you here that they're really eye-catching. When you see them, you can't unsee them. It's very strange that he should give this explanation to the story 
that he just told. Um, you'll, you'll notice that the parable that Jesus set out to tell, it certainly mentions judgment. Uh, however, it's a very small portion of the entire story that he told. Uh, specifically, he gave, well, in English, he gave 12 words out of a total of uh, 100 and, well, I didn't write it down, it was 130, 160-something. Uh, 8%, 8% of the entire parable is about judgment. When you get to the explanation, there is a whopping 61 words devoted to the destruction of the wicked, or 46% of the explanation is devoted to destruction. He's talking about judgment, 8% when he told the story, 46% when he explained it. 8%, 46%, okay, you get it. It's a big shift. The, the story, when, when he told it, the whole point of the story, of, well, just look at this. When you look at the parable versus the explanation, the parable was all about what you are to do. Do you want us to go do this? No, I don't want you to go do this. Why don't you want us to do this? Here's the explanation of why I don't want you to do this. The parable is all about what we do, what the servants do. The explanation of the parable is all about what God is going to do, about what his angels are going to do. I'm going to take care of this. I'm throwing it out there, and they're going to burn. And, and It's all about God's action, our action versus God's action. The parable is all about now, here and now. We're dealing with weeds. What do you want us to do about the weeds right now? Do you want us to do this? No, I don't want you to do this right now. And here's why I don't want you to do this right now. It's all about what we're doing right now. In the meantime, patiently awaiting. The explanation is all about the future. When I come back, I'm going to take care of it. Here's how I'm going to take care of it. It's all about the end and the explanation. The parable is all about long-suffering. There is a judgment coming, but what I want you to do right now, as I am doing right now, to be long-suffering, patient, merciful, compassionate. I want you to let them grow together. I want you to forgive them to grow together. The explanation of the parable is all about judgment. They're going to burn. They're going to burn. So what is going on here? This is very eye-catching. It's, it's, uh, it's something that as you read it, you think, huh, what is going on here? And I have a theory, and I could be absolutely wrong about this theory, but I'll tell you, in my mind's eye, this is what I see. Nobody, nobody, nobody will ever carry the burden and the grief of judgment the way that Jesus carries it. You will never feel the weight of judgment that Jesus feels. I was so thankful. Sam, he's, he's coming about June 7th. Sam Junkins is going to be here on Wednesday night. I'm looking so forward to this series he was the first one out of the gates last, um, last year. And, and his words, he talked to us, I don't know if you remember, about a case that he had in which he was going to have to sentence somebody to death. And he told us this through tears and grief. Everybody loves to live in a society that is safe in which murderers and such are taken off of our streets and we don't have to live with that and they're taken away and done away with. But when you've got to be the one to make that call and look a man in the eyes and tell him you're going to die, nobody wants to do that. that, that there's a burden in being the one to make that call. And, and for Jesus, every single weed was his baby. Every single one. He's got the photo books. He's got the memories. 
the hopes and dreams that he had for them. The love, the heartbreak, every single one is precious to Jesus. And he tells this story about wheat and weeds with a grief that we cannot understand. We cannot understand that as he is talking about weeds, he in his mind knows there is a day coming when I'm going to have to deal with that, and he doesn't look forward to it. It does not excite him. That's the heart of the king that we serve. And so he tells this story, and he tells a lot of stories actually on this occasion, and he's tired, as you can imagine, from teaching, and he's spent emotionally. I can't imagine what it must have been like to be the son of God teaching day after day in this way. And he walks back into the house, and his disciples follow him. And his disciples, they were beloved men. But guys, they were just men. They were men that didn't get it so oftentimes. They were men that loved to win. They loved to be on the right team. They were men that they had not seen Aslan the lion tear the witch to shreds. But if they'd have seen it, they'd have been jumping out of their seats and cheering, yes, yes, they're just men. And they come into the house after Jesus. And they say, out of all the ones that you just shared, Jesus, we want to hear the parable about the weeds. I want to hear, hear some more about that. Now, notice how they named it. The parable of the weeds. It's all about the weeds. That's what the parable was all about as they heard it. And Jesus, who knows every single heart, he knows exactly what's on theirs. And I don't know it. But I can just imagine as he was looking at them, he can see, Jesus, I heard a touch of judgment day in that one. That's the good stuff. Jesus, tell us some more about that judgment day. And you know what? Judgment, it's true. That's the truth. There's a judgment day coming. There's hell coming. It's real. It's true. And so Jesus, he, he proceeds to tell them the truth. But you notice how the emphasis has radically shifted off of the story that he wanted to tell onto the story he's, they're asking him to tell them about. And, and, and he's, you want to hear about judgment day? Sure. The harvest is the end of the age. The reapers are the angels. The, the, the weeds are the sons of the wicked one, and, and they're going to take all of them and throw them to hell. That's true. But the way he ends, if you got ears, you need to listen. Jesus knows there's no way I could tell you about it. There's no way I could describe to you what that day is going to be like. For you, for me, you wouldn't even understand it if I went into detail about it. And I guarantee you when you see it, it's not going to be anything like what you're thinking right now. So, so Jesus doesn't pick the battle at this moment. But I guarantee you, in my mind's eye, he's got to be thinking, I just wish you'd focus where I'm focused. Where I'm focused, I want you to forgive them and grow together with them. And let me handle the hard part that you are not equipped to handle. If you would please pray with me. Great and gracious Father, we, we are in awe of you because you are so unlike us. The things that, that you love, we struggle to love, but we're getting there. Father, the things that get you excited are not the same things that get us excited. 
but by your spirit, you're, you're getting us there. Father, we just, we pray that every single day you would remake our hearts into your heart and that you would give us ears to hear, that you would help us to see what you're trying to get across to us. You'd help us to know you and to know ourselves better and to be more fit for your kingdom because we do believe that your kingdom is at work right here, right now, in this place. Your kingdom is growing in this world, but we need great help to be good workers, to be good servants in your kingdom. So, Father, we, we pray that you would give us your heart, and we thank you that you are giving us your heart. Father, I just pray that you would help us as we engage with weeds as we engage with people that we think are weeds and yet we're actually wrong, help us to, to re-examine and, and to have the heart of Jesus and to, to be transformed in the way we look at people. As we engage with people that are weeds and we, we see that they are weeds and, and we're right, but there's still, there's still much need for us to approach and forgive it in the way that Jesus would have us to live and grow with these and Father, as the way goes and we, we see weeds in our own hearts, Father, help us to be honest about that, to have integrity, and to just come to you truthfully and honestly as it relates to the weeds in our own heart. Father, we, we pray that you would be changing us day after day, and we thank you that you are. Father, we just pray that you would keep our eyes on what you've given us, not on things that are too high for us. Father, we, we need all this and so much more as we navigate our day-to-day, -day, as we navigate our friendships, as we navigate our working relationships, our church relationships, everything in between. We need your sight. And we pray knowing that you are giving us your sight. Father, we pray now together as a church family. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We thank you again for joining us this week at Central, and may the Lord Jesus Christ be magnified in your life today.